The following content is not intended as a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Always Another Way podcast. My name is Marina Sprocky Spriggs, and I have a master's in professional counseling. I am the Ippy Award-winning author of Stop Looking for a Husband, Find the Love of Your Life, and Nasty Divorce a Kid's Eye View. I write positive divorce advice for the Huff Post, and I'm trained in clinical hypnosis. And this podcast speaks to outside-of-the-box thinkers and it's for those who hear the call of hope and always another way. And if you're very rigid and set in your beliefs, this probably isn't your cup of tea. However, you should note, taste can, and do change. And I am very, very excited about today's show. We are going to be talking about mycometitations with Eric Osborne. And I'm sure you're like, what is mycometitations? Well, I just got back from the Los Angeles Psychedelic Science Symposium. It was the first ever of its kind at UCLA, which brought together a whole bunch of research, people together, live panels, speakers and exhibits to talk about psychedelics and plant medicine. And the keynote speaker was uh, Dr. Gabor Mate, who is very, very well known, um, talking about trauma and addiction. He opened it up, and I just met a ton of people. One of them is my guest, Eric. But just so you know, so it doesn't seem like we're just on here talking about drugs. We're going to refer to him as plant medicine, because that's what it is. And that's what lots of medicines are, derived from plants. But also to kind of break through that stigma of what these things are. And maybe you don't know, but there have been studies going on at Johns Hopkins Universities about psilocybin. Yale studied psilocybin for cluster headaches. There are numerous ongoing studies right now across the U.S. for MDMA. But then there's also the mystical experience question. And is it okay? Well, I think it's okay. But can we make it okay and normal for people to want to seek mystical experiences? And even beyond that, I mean, I think a lot of people really are seeking for that purpose and meaning. Um, but there's a lot of ways that you can find healing. So anyways, this conference was about healing. So they had a really nice veterans panel. Um, and you can go to the LAPS um, Facebook page and they have all of the, all the speakers are live streamed. But talking with four veterans who had used um, ayahuasca and then I think one MDMA for healing from PTSD. And just to hear these, actually there were five people, talk about their experiences with what they've gone through and then from going on, like one guy was on, I think, 20 different pharmaceutical medications and now takes none. That just that alone of one person and somebody who was suicidal, who is not anymore, is enough to take this stuff seriously. 
So, I want to bring on my guest, Eric Osborne. Eric was raised in the countryside of rural Kentucky. Eric has remained anything but traditional, hence why he's on always another way. He's a smarty at the party too. He graduated with a master's in education from the University of Louisville, but soon became an educator, not of English as he was trained, but of mycology, which he learned through immersion. He's the founder of Magnificent Mushrooms. It's a gourmet mushroom farm and consulting. He's Indiana's first state-recognized wild mushroom expert and a conscientious psychonaut. Eric began working in underground psilocybin therapy for five years before being arrested. Informed of his activities, police raided his farm and home, charged him with three Class B felonies, and turned his life upside down. However, unwilling to be thwarted, after his release from incarceration, Eric founded the 5013C organization, Pledge Inc. It's the Psychedelic Liberation Education Discipline and Guidance, the for-profit venture Mycomeditations, a legal psilocybin retreat program in rural Jamaica, and the Mycomeditations podcast. He's a husband, father of three, and passionate about psychedelic healing. And Eric has used hurdles as inspiration to bring forward the medicine of mushrooms. So, uh, welcome to the show, Eric. Uh, thank you very much for having me. Yeah, and it was so cool that I just got to meet you too, because I'd actually um, reached out to Eric prior to this on Twitter, and then just so happened, saw Michael Meditations as one of the sponsors, and da, it worked out like that. Yeah, Marina, that was a great surprise, and there were, there were a lot of great individuals, as you mentioned earlier, uh, at the conference, so uh, really happy to have made your acquaintance prior to this, and and all the great folks there. Yeah. So well, let's talk about, uh, you know, first let's talk about mushrooms in general. So you are an mm. expert in mushrooms and a forager. You know, let's tell us a little bit more about that. Well, uh, I'm really happy that your focus is the plants uh, because that's what it is for me. Uh, that's where it began for me. Ultimately, um, I, I fell in love with mushrooms when I got into wild foods. And <laughs> that's, it's such, mycology is such a vast world that I uh, quickly realized I had to let go of of, of a, more, a lot of more traditional plants if I was going to have room for the, the mushroom knowledge. Uh, so that just basically developed into a, I mean, it's an ongoing relationship. My two sons and I just went and picked chanterelles uh, nice. <laughs> in, in a storm uh, two days ago. Um, so, you know, the, the, the love of, of fungi uh, as an ecological and a gastronomical uh, interface is just it just continues over the last 20 25 years now uh, psilocybin became a part of that uh, actually considerably longer or considerably after uh, became engaged in cultivation of gourmet mushrooms I had had some psilocybin experiences prior to that um, but I didn't really I didn't view them as mushrooms I viewed them as drugs mm -hmm. um, and so it took my engagement with the the natural world and mushrooms as uh, and a, a placeholder in our ecology uh, for me to understand uh, really the vastness and the potential for psilocybin within our psychology. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's just been a really interesting relationship that I've had and continue to uh, really highly value and, and really love to share with others. Cool. Well, let's talk about that and the, um, like from that, d discovering the psilocybin and then that change in you from like okay it's a it's a drug to it is a medicine 
You know, mm. where, when did you first kind of realize that? And then, you know, maybe explain how that enveloped. And then from there, we'll go. Did you hear me? Uh, in and out. Okay, in and out. Oh, sorry. Uh, so the, okay. the last thing I said is, um, did you, uh, so can we talk about the, um, the, psilocybin experience from when you first found them as drugs to your realization that they're more than that, they're medicine. And then from there, the capabilities of this medicine for widespread, you know, therapeutical use. Yeah, there really wasn't, a, I would say, a hard line uh, where where that definition became clear. Um, I, once I moved out to Indiana and started the, the farm, the actual gourmet farm, um, then I had the opportunity to work with psilocybin more uh, directly, say, and that soon led me to understand uh, that there was far more potential in this planned medicine than I had ever, uh, ever thought. So that just became a dedicated relationship. Um, <laughs> it's kind of common among people who grow their own mushrooms that find that uh, it's, it's while mushrooms aren't addictive, there is an addictive quality to growing <laughs> mushrooms because they're so easy. It's so easy once you learn how to grow a handful of mushrooms, then you can grow just as many as you want, ultimately. Um, so it, the relationship really, there was a, a large part of it was in, entwined with cultivation uh, and consumption. Cool. And just watching how they grow. Yeah, I mean, it's further than that, <clears throat> you know, if we're going to talk about it as far as plant intelligences or, um, you know, the, the, the plants themselves, yeah. uh, you know, fungi, we, we, in cultivation, we clone mushrooms more than grow from seeds. So in, in typical, you know, typical agriculture, agriculture, you're growing from seed, uh, whereas with fungi, you grow from clones. So you, you maintain the same genetic line, the same not even species you maintain the the exact same uh, organism over the course of i don't know a decade or more however long you can keep it going i had some that were five or seven years old um and you know you actually do develop a relationship because mushrooms are more closely related to animals than they are to plants right uh a lot of the same characteristics and so uh that that relationship can get really interesting over a long period of time uh, even the oyster mushrooms that I grew or the shiitake, you know, I had such a, a deep relationship with these various strains and knew their parameters so well and what they liked. And uh, we ate so much of them that, you know, you start to realize that you are what you eat. And that is, uh, that, that's, that's real. That's, a, <laughs> that's not yeah. just a theory. Oh, that, that's for sure true as we see of the toxic nature of a lot of the food now. Um, mm. Yeah, with all that stuff on it. And so, um, so within that, and let's talk a little bit about the energy of the plants and what they can bring. And from that, let's talk about what you do with the myco meditation retreats. So um, we'll talk about plant energy, and then let's go into if somebody wants to go, you know, explore this further, how they do that. Um, well, I don't know in terms of the energy of the plants. I don't. I don't really have. Uh, sufficient vocabulary, I feel like, for that. Um, you know, I, I definitely have a relationship with various 
plants and, and species of fungi. Um, I think that they all seem to have their own uh, attributes, uh, qualities more so. Uh, and it's not to say that one is better than the other. It's just that each is useful in a different way. Um, psilocybin, you know, as the research is showing, but really has, as history has shown, uh, psilocybin is extremely uh, effective at, um, I'm sorry, I'm getting so much of some real like background uh, echoing here. Um, but uh, yeah, on, on the surface level, as healing or, or beneficial for depression or anxiety or post-traumatic stress disorder, um, but, you know, it, if we look at it at a deeper level, um, what, what we really are seeing it do is bond people to the larger community, to the earth as a whole, nature, to their own history, their ancestry, even the future. Um, and it's, it's maybe it's, it's more difficult to uh, directly pinpoint or quantify, uh, but research is showing and there's some research that's coming out in the next, uh, in, in, the, in the near future, I think it's going to really illustrate the same thing that the the communal aspect of psychedelics is one of the most valuable uh, healing elements of it yeah okay well let's talk about so in bringing those healing aspects together so let's talk about your retreats how they work and how you bring all of this together. And I had actually uh, met, while we were at the conference, there was a woman who had come up who had been to one of his retreats, and like the glow and smile on her face, the energy that she had, and just, I mean, I was just happened to be talking to him and she had walked up. She was just so gracious and so thankful, and just like, oh my gosh, like it was just, it was life-changing for her. And just, you could just tell so much that, you know, and I don't know the backstory, but came out to this conference, uh, really cool. Yeah, we definitely see some massive changes occur in people over the course of a week. Um, it's it's phenomenal, really. Um, you know, a basic week with us looks like a lot of preparation and integration with uh, some kind of general sightseeing thrown in there as well. Uh, the area that we go to is a very quiet rural side of Jamaica on the south coast, um, and we work on property that is uh, is, is just very community centered. Uh, some of you know there are levels of accommodations from just basic uh, B&B style to uh, really nice um, uh, hotels or guest houses. Um, but yeah, it's just really a lot of preparation and integration that involves uh, the entirety of the group. We do have options for private or smaller retreats if people like. Um, and and while I was initially more in favor of the smaller uh, smaller groups. I've really found that groups of 15, 17 work out really well uh, in helping individuals kind of mirror each other through the week and uh, find um, little niches where they fit in. Because like I was saying, so many people are experiencing these conditions because of a lack of connection. And yes. we don't realize that. We don't realize that's what's uh, going on, but it, it really is what's underlying so many of our uh, ailments. 
Yes, and you, uh, and uh, just to interject real quick, you hit the nail on that. There, I had on um, Johan Hari, who wrote a book called Lost Connections and did like extensive research, and that is exactly mm -hmm. it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, so keep going. So you've got people there. We're going along. We're developing these connections. And when does when does the psilocybin experience come into play on this retreat? So they're a, a week long. How how you know? Yeah, we do seven and ten day retreats, um, and. Just are you all getting this feedback behind you? Are you hearing this? No, I'm I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm not hearing any feedback, but I know what that's okay. like as long, as for long distraction. As no, I'm not, I'm not hearing it, but I know the distraction that's when fine. there's like a noise. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no problem. Um, but uh, so we do seven and ten day retreats. The first uh, dosing starts on the first full day. So everybody gets in. Uh, kind of gets a rest, gets to know each other a little bit, gets acquainted in their rooms, et cetera. And then the, the next day we do full-on icebreakers and everybody really formal introductions to the team and uh, kind of the process. And uh, I do some presentations of the history of psilocybin uh, from uh, Paleolithic up to now uh, because psilocybin mushrooms are depicted in our oldest known cave paintings. Uh, there's a fascinating history that runs through uh, our fascinating <clears throat> story that runs through human history of mushrooms uh, as uh, you know such a highly valuable and an intimate part of uh, forming culture which is what we're seeing and what we're talking about here um and then uh yeah the first dose is generally starts at one to three grams you kind of keep it light and mellow get everybody's feet wet see what the res general responses are uh and then through the week we will uh gauge kind of on an individual basis where everybody wants to go uh, some people really want to push the throttle, like the individual you mentioned meeting at the LAPS conference. Uh, she was uh, just, oh man, what an explorer she was. And she, she ended up doing 10 grams on her last dosing, which is a, a really, really a high dose, um, especially for someone who had prior to Michael Meditations never had experience with psilocybin. And as you saw, it was incredibly beneficial for her, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, and now, you know, one of the things that's being talked about in this and we need people to understand is that psychedelics through history, uh, these plants have been used more moreover as a maintenance, right? This is not some one-off experience that people have gone to uh, to have massive healing. It does have that effect, uh, and that's one of the most beautiful things about it, uh, about these plants, but it doesn't last forever. Um, mm -hmm. it's not a cure all. It's not going to fix all of your life's problems. It's going to give you a significant window into ways that you can improve the quality of your life, but it's going to be up to you, uh, to do the things that improve the quality of your life. Right. And that was the key of all that conference too, about using entheogens and plant medicines is it's, it works to just open up the door, but you've got to walk through mm -hmm. it and do the work, you know? can get you there faster to open the door to new, to new ideas, but then you've just got to go and get on it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, absolutely. Cool. So you do that, see how people go. And then, I mean, I saw the end result of somebody at your retreat. Well, that's uh, one person. Oh. Yeah. There were actually a couple people there at the conference who had been through uh, our program uh, and both of them were doing really well. Uh, you know, but that's not to say people don't struggle afterwards. I spoke with someone, uh, yesterday who had been on our most recent retreat and she came back to, you know, a life that was as it was when she left it. And when you have a massive change and you come home and everything and everyone around you hasn't had that massive change, that can be difficult. So we always offer 
um, integration after the retreat. We have at least one uh, one hour session with clients after the retreat to just check in and help provide them with resources if they are struggling. Um, maybe they've had some major revelation and now they have to figure out what to do with it or they've uh, under uncovered some trauma that uh, needs further exploration. Uh, then we have a network of counselors, therapists, uh, and coaches that can can help with that uh, if it's not a member of our team as well. Awesome. I mean, and that really is a, a big thing too, is that it's it's not magic. I mean, nothing is a magic cure-all for everything, but a good right. door opener too. And what type of people do you think should come to your retreats? What 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 type of people are 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 would well, be I think gathered it's, to it's this? Easier to uh, define the ones that should not engage with psilocybin, honestly. Okay. <clears throat> um, people who are uh, bipolar, uh, have been diagnosed bipolar, um, or schizophrenic, absolutely should not consume uh, psilocybin or any psychedelic until we have a better understanding what that means. Unfortunately, that means that we're going to have people experimenting and, uh, and finding out in uh, less than formal ways. So I'm not sure this is really the best approach right now, but for sexual liability and personal safety, um, bipolar schizophrenic, yeah, should stay out. Um, if you are, if you struggle with addiction with some very uh, difficult substance such as uh, heroin, opiates, or methamphetamines, uh, then maybe a different retreat is right. Iboga or Ibogaine clinics are showing a lot of promise there. Uh, so that's a route from, from Africa. Uh, but psilocybin is extremely helpful to people who are suffering from various levels of depression, from mild to uh, untreatable, uh, people who are highly anxious, be it from PTSD um, or kind of decision making, just any anxiety, uh, social anxiety. I've seen it really help a lot of people there. Um, you know, if you're wanting a creative boost, um, I've, we've had scientists come down, uh, biologists who have uh, themselves found the experience lead them to, to new uh, areas of interest. Uh, and some of them even questioned why these were not uh, part of the graduate tools when they were <laughs> <laughs> working towards their degree. Um, you know, we've had members of the clergy down and people who are interested in spiritual exploration your your question about the mystical experience i think is extremely valid across the spectrum because even the research shows that uh the relief from depression anxiety ocd etc etc uh, is closely tied to the mystical encounter uh, experiencing something that is larger than yourself or uh undefinable uh and that that you know the, the whole conversation about whether or not plants are a shortcut or a lazy way out is just kind of, uh, it's kind of moot on my ears. Uh, I, I just like, of course, plants are a viable way to access knowledge, um, to transcend this body. Uh, and, and anything that helps us along that way is going to be beneficial as long as we have a daily practice, uh, to support that. Right. Yeah. And I, I agree. I'd like to talk more about that. Just interesting of like mystical and interesting and creative experiences that these things that just grow without mm -hmm. any help from anybody, you know, too, not that you can't do them, but do, do grow. And I believe anything that, that is here is here for a reason. And then putting that, you know, 
we're going to talk about when we talk about mystical experiences that the conscientiousness to using these things is already there. It's not on a whim and it's not a party thing, but to truly like, you know, to talk about, you know, and I've used different things that have seen like gotten really good creative ideas and other things from too. And, you know, why not? It's coming from my brain, but just, you know, like you can watch a sunset well, I mean, and see something too. <laughs> it, it's, it, it's, it's been clearly shown that uh, DMT, dimethyltryptamine, the most powerful hallucinogen is endogenous to the human body. So uh, our mystical experiences, our quote mystical experiences are really, they're really drug induced anyway. They're just drugs that our body produces, right? So if a plant produces a drug, which it does, and it could be caffeine, it could be sugar, it could be any number of things. If a plant, plant produces this and I consume it, where's the where's the ethical problem there uh this is a gift from the earth to me as far as i can tell there you go okay so what else do you want our listeners to know just about about psilocybin about plant about plant medicine and even just about you know mushrooms in general because there are just of other mushrooms aside from psilocybin i mean there's numerous health benefits don't even i don't think you don't even know all the species of mushrooms isn't that true too yeah, thanks for asking about that. Um, there are so many, so many mushrooms that are so good for us. Uh, the one I think you're referring to is lion's mane, uh, Harissa marinaceus, and and that genus. Uh, they are a tooth fungus that grows on um, dying, dead, and dying hardwoods. Um, they are the only food, only plant, only life form that we know of uh, that produces human nerve growth factor. Uh, which actually does repel, repair uh, the tips of the dendrites. Uh, so it improves neural connectivity. There's some, some evidence that it is uh, effective against Alzheimer's uh, and dementia. Um, and it's also a gastrointestinal. Uh, traditionally, it's been used um, for ulcers and uh, stomach cancers. Uh, powerful, powerful mushroom. Maitake, shiitake. Uh, I love maitake mushrooms. Oh, my there's gosh. There's so many, and some of the most obscure woody conch mushrooms that you would never think of eating are a most powerful immune-boosting tea, uh, antibiotics. Uh, it's just really fascinating. It's it's a world that we know so little about and has so much to offer us. Um, yeah. Okay. Anything just, else? It's, it's endless study. That's endless, what I can... endless studies. So for everybody you know, listening here, where can they, let's talk about where they can find you for all the things, for just like some good, for, for mushrooms all along the spectrum. Um, and I'm a Mayataki fan. Oh, my gosh. Well, I will on say, the daily. fortunately, or I don't know, it is what it is right now. The bulk or the entirety of my collection is You know, because I have this opportunity to make a, to uh, cultivate legally, uh, and basically give it to people, administer it uh, legally. That response there has been overwhelming. Uh, so I've just got to dump all my efforts into that right now, which is fine because it is a food and it is a medicine. That's, okay, hold, hold uh, on a second. I just can't, I can't hear you uh, so super yeah, right. well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but if you are looking for just general mushroom information, I would initially point you to Fungi Perfecta. Um, they are uh, a big company out west, uh, Paul Stamets. Uh, who's just, he was my, he's been my mentor from afar uh, for the last 20 years and he'd be the number one person. Then there's uh, Trad Cotter of Mushroom Mountain on the East Coast down in South Carolina. 
Um, if it was for if it's for psilocybin, you want to discuss. And you know, one thing I do want to say about all mushrooms in general, but psilocybin really clearly is that because they are safe doesn't mean that they're without risk. Um, so you know, there are more mushrooms that can save your life, and there are mushrooms that can kill you painful, uh, uh, long, painful death. Uh, psilocybin can be an extremely powerful and healing experience, but it can also be a terrifying, um, uh, uh, yeah, terrifying experience that you need uh, assistance and guidance through and with. Absolutely. Uh, so, uh, just I have seen I have seen some real rough times with psilocybin. On the other side of that, there was a lot of healing. Um, but if there wasn't somebody there who really understood the landscape very well, they could have come out. Yeah, and then the uh, the Zendo project does a lot of that psychedelic harm reduction because it's not. I mean, because they are very powerful, powerful plant right. medicine, and it's not just like it's not a candy bar. You know, you no, you, no, you, no. you need a lot of guidance, and then you know, just like anything else, uh, there's instructions. There's also good mental states. There's a bunch of things required. So we're not talking about uh, any of this right. flippantly at all. Right. Right. Absolutely. And then in Myco Meditations, they can check out all the information if they want to go on a retreat. And mm-hmm. um, and when's your and next one coming up? Uh, we're, we, we do retreats monthly, uh, probably for 2019, which we're working on that calendar. We're going to have them twice a month, I have a feeling. Um, but yeah, Myco is in mycology, M-Y-C-O, meditations.com. All right. Well, cool. Thank you so much, Eric. You are just a wealth of knowledge on just all things mushroom. And um, I mean, healing benefits all around the board. And I hope that everybody just, you know, takes away from this, that there's just always another way to do things because, you know, there's always another way. I'm <laughs> sorry.